Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver. And today I've got a great guest, a great client. I've got with me Travis Wood. Welcome, Travis. Hey, Jim. Great to be with you. So, Travis, tell us just a little bit about yourself, you know, where you live, what you and your wife do for a living, just kind of a personal background real quick. Sure. My wife and I live in Louisville, Kentucky. We've got uh, two young boys that are five and seven. So uh, we're uh, busy folks. So I'm an I'm a airline pilot. My wife is a doctor. And flying was always my passion growing up. I had no entrepreneurial interest or anything like that. And I got my current job around 2007. I uh, saw the meltdown in 2008. And I had no idea what was even going on. And, and quite frankly, it caused me to open my eyes and realize I needed to kind of become a little more aware as I'm becoming a real adult. So it kind of led me, you know, a little bit, a little bit down a path of learning about uh, kind of the economy and investing and just a variety of different rabbit holes. So yes, that kind of led me as I, I, I kind of reached kind of where I was going career-wise as a pilot. And then I started realizing that uh, I wanted more. I wanted to do more kind of entrepreneurial. And so I've the past 10 years, I've slowly built my knowledge as, a, as an investor, kind of starting off just with the basic, hey, Dave Ramsey stuff. I spent a lot of several years learning about how to basically build and execute uh, kind of systematic trading processes. I still do some of those things today. And uh, a couple of years ago, I, I rediscovered this book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that kind of led me into realizing, you know, we, my wife and I were, were pretty good savers. So we were realized we needed to get some things outside of like our qualified plans going. And so we started investing in real estate. And about that same time, you know, I, I, I started realizing I was, you know, I'm in my uh, mid forties and I realized several of my friends were starting to get some illnesses. And I started realizing, you know, I probably need to do a better job of protecting my family. And I was looking into getting some more insurance. And somehow I kept hearing about this book, Becoming Your Own Banker. I knew it had something to do with insurance. So I figured, well, that's a good time to to read that. And, uh, that, that led me down the, uh, the IBC rabbit hole and, uh, well, here I am. So that's awesome. So I think that's really cool because, you know, when you guys, you look at your occupation, your wife's occupation, those are two occupations that are very desirable, obviously are well compensated. And the, the thing is, is that you realize that, Hey, we're still stuck within this, you know, herd, so to speak, we might be at the top of the herd or the top part of the herd, but we're still in this kind of rigged game a little bit. And we got to break away from that. And like you said, that entrepreneurial spirit kind of started to grow and you started to educate yourself. And that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the, the thing for us was, you know, we realized we're very fortunate, you know, we worked very hard and got to kind of where we wanted career wise, but with then you quickly realize, well, great, I, I have a great income, but then the day I stop going to work, the checks don't come anymore. <laughs> so, right. yeah. uh, we, you know, we, we, we realize that, you know, with a little planning, we can kind of make that. So I'm going to go to work because I want to, not because I absolutely have to, to pay my bills. And I think we're kind of working on that plan as we speak. That's awesome. And we've talked a lot about that. So you, you discover this book, you think, well, I better get it and read it. Tell me kind of what happened from 
that point to you becoming someone using infinite banking in your life every day, just like the beginning of that? Yeah. So my wife and I really, uh, our first step was getting involved in buying some rental properties. And so yeah. we did a lot of education. You know, we did a lot of learning on bigger pockets and read a lot of real estate books. And that was a very educational process. And we got in there and started buying value add single family and a couple duplexes. And that was a good learning process, but we quickly realized it was also a huge time suck. And while we were, we plan on continuing with that, the market kind of was kind of, it's gotten pretty hot and we're not finding a whole lot of things that we were comfortable buying anymore. And that was kind of about that same time as I was learning more about real estate beyond just the basic single family investing. That's about the time I discovered uh, Nelson's book. And it was actually very ironic because I read through the book. I read everything I could find online and I was kind of going down the rabbit hole. And I finally decided I need to, I need to start talking to some folks that really know more about this. So I can kind of ask some of these questions I've got. And I went to the IBC practitioner website and I did a search for Louisville, Kentucky. And the first person on the list happened to be a coworker of mine that I know, Nick Costco. So uh, <laughs> that was uh, Nick and I, uh, I, we don't. We didn't know each other well at the time, but we were certainly acquaintances, and uh, we we fly the same airplane, and uh, so we we've been through some training together. So I knew Nick, and uh, immediately was uh, you know he he's a great guy, and I was very happy to know that oh wow someone actually I already kind of trust is already involved in this, and so I got in touch with Nick, and uh, he really was a great help in kind of helping me work through some of the questions I had about infant banking, and and to this day I still talk with Nick and you uh, just things pop into my mind and say, am I thinking about this correctly? And, you know, and you guys have been great sounding boards to help me kind of keep learning more about uh, what I can do with infinite banking. That's awesome. I mean, I love that because, you know, when Nelson would always say that, you know, opportunities find you, he didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what he meant. And so like when you start reading the book, then all of a sudden, you know, you start, but you know, you had to take action. I think that's something that is really important for anybody in the audience that has thought about doing infinite banking or doesn't really know if it's right for them or not. It's not right for everybody. I mean, you have to break away. That's the name of the podcast, right? You have to break away from that traditional thinking and that traditional noise. But you know, you already had that spirit because most people don't go invest in real estate. They don't go invest in other things. And what I really like Travis, that you've done is you've continued to educate yourself about infinite banking, but also about opportunities out there where you can use your money through your banking system to make it even a more effective investment. What are some of the things that that you started off with and what are some of the things that you're doing now? Sure. So as we jumped into real estate, we started learning and we we realized we enjoy, we think the single family homes we have are great. They're good investments long-term. But we realized that we weren't going to be able to put our capital to use, you know, effectively, you know, buying one house at a time. So that was when I kind of discovered uh, syndicated real estate. And so I've since invested with my policies. My first investment with policy was investing in syndications for mobile home parks and self-storage units. I really liked that because it was, you know, those are somewhat not recession proof, but I'd say, you know, probably more durable if, you know, the economy takes a downturn. And so that was kind of something I'm, I'm you know, I think everyone's a little bit on edge of, but it's a way I, I found uh, we could do a little homework up front and then make an investment and 
it's going to free our time up to do other things. So that was a great kind of next step from our real estate perspective. And then actually Nick Costco actually passed along a podcast he thought was interesting and it was involved uh, flipping land. And so I was really fascinated by it and spent a couple of months investigating it, seeing it is really a decent opportunity. And I, I kind of went into it with the thought of, I think this is a real opportunity, but it's probably going to take me a, a couple of years to really implement this kind of business. And, and I've been doing it for about a year now, but I'm starting to see some success. I'm really, I really enjoy it because it's a, I've been using capital from my banking system to buy vacant land and then sell it just basically online. But it's uh, it's a business that it's going to take me time to, to set it up and implement it, but it's allowing me to step away from the business. So I'm already got a good majority of my business is outsourced to virtual assistants and other people that help me uh, in automation. And it's been a great learning experience for me to kind of do things more efficiently. And I, and I think it's been a, I think it's going to translate to other areas of my life where I can kind of basically become more efficient at what I'm doing. So I, I really enjoyed that process. In fact, I just recently was at a kind of a conference for people that are doing this, uh, investing in land and met a, a great young couple that's doing really well in the business, but they're, they're looking for capital. They, they're trying to grow and they don't have the capital to do it. And so it's a great area. In fact, I, we just were discussing, I just put in for a policy loan because I'm going to help uh, partner with another group of land investors. It's going to help me it's going to help them get the capital they need to grow, and it's going to help me kind of expand what I'm doing and bring in more passive cash flow for me. Kind of essentially the same thing what we're doing with real estate. We're doing some things on our own, but also realizing we can grow faster by working with partners. Um, yeah. So that's I, I see a lot of potential for this in the in the future, but it's certainly going to be a multi-year process, and, uh, and we're just kind of getting rolling. So I, I like the what you're saying, one, Travis. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, is yeah, yeah, you're, the, the, you're the, saying who are you collaborating with? That's what's really cool, because you know I always like to say, and I took this from Dan Sullivan, but it's who, not how. You know, I can learn how to do something, I can implement it, I can do everything myself, but who can I collaborate with so that I can maximize my time and effort and my money? You know, so I think that you're you're being really smart on on collaborating with other people that you you know, like, and trust to help you grow your business too. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's been a huge learning curve for me because I've realized, you know, you need to invest someone in what you know, but you're never going to know it all. So I think it's a great way to do it. I'm a huge fan of diversification, but I, I think, you know, a lot of times people think diversification is boring and conservative, but I think, you know, we can still be trying to, I think aggressive is the wrong word, but I think, you know, really searching for opportunity. I think there's always opportunity out there. And I think it's just the key is to kind of get yourself digging into a certain area. And then I think opportunity presents itself as long as you're, you know, putting yourself out there and trying to learn. And, and I've, I've found that to be the case in everything I've gotten involved in that people, you know, if you're, if you're putting out the effort and particularly if, as regards to the banking, you know, I think uh, Nelson has said it, you know, opportunity is always going to find money. And so if you have yeah. capital in your banking system and you're putting the effort in to try to find opportunity, you'll do it. And yeah. um, in fact, one of my most recent investments was a conversation I was having and I kind of through some referrals, uh, I found out a new opportunity I had never even heard of. And so my most recent investment was in a litigation finance fund 
which is kind of a unique area that I, it took some uh, digging for me to kind of get comfortable with. But once I did, I found it's kind of a, a another uncorrelated return stream to what I have. And so I, I've just made that uh, investment a couple months ago. So it will be interesting to see kind of how that works going forward. But, um, you know, it's just another opportunity that when you kind of put your head, put the feelers out there and start learning about what, what's out there in the world. There's, there's a lot of great opportunity and, you know, some of the, some of them are going to be winners, some won't, but I think the key is just, you know, keeping your risk in check and then, you know, always looking for opportunity. So yeah, and that's, that's awesome. I mean, Travis, you, you guys are doing it exactly the way and growing your business and you're, you know, what I've always thought about the way that you're handling this and it's very similar to the way that I handle my personal banking system is it's combining infinite banking and a lot of Kiyosaki and, and a lot of just, uh, you know, those kinds of free thinking and focusing on the freedom that we're trying to get. You know, we always say money equals choice, choice equals freedom. And the more money you have, the more freedom you have to do the things that you want to do. So we want to control our money. And, you know, that's what the banks are trying to do to us. So we need to control the money. And not that we can't utilize banks for some of our projects, but we want to be in control of the banking function in our lives. And explain to people litigation financing. Sure. So the example that was first used for me when I was learning about it, and I think it's probably the easiest, is you'll see a product like Roundup. You know, there's you'll see ads on TV where there's been uh, it's basically they're they're called mass tort cases, and and I, I'm by no means an expert in this, but I, basically, what happens is a when a, there's a, a major mass tort, they're essentially the the when someone ha- the, uh, the courts set essentially almost a matrix of the damages that based on the people that were harmed by a product that that has been found you know liable, and so uh, what a litigation finance fund would the one I'm investing there's a variety of others that are uh, that do all different things but uh, the one I invested they're really trying to find the people essentially what they're doing is they're screening people that have been affected by these mass tort cases and they are selling those cases to the law firms that will actually try them so you're not betting on the outcome of a lawsuit you're essentially investing in a marketing company and a law firm that's going to screen applicants that have been harmed by mass tort cases and you are essentially getting a preferred return on your money. And then based on eventually the cost of the acquiring those cases versus the, uh, the difference of what they sell for to different law firms, the investment I'm in at least will get offer an equity percentage of those gains. So it's kind of a nice hybrid of you get some cash flow in the short term and then you get a return of your capital that you invested. And then down the road, when all these cases have, you know, have, have been sold, you'll get an equity kicker on the end. So it kind of gives you a nice blend of, Hey, I'm going to get some cash flow out of the deal, but you know, potentially uh, some more upside with an equity investment as well. So I think that's a, it's a nice little uh, hybrid and it's, I like it because it just really doesn't have a lot of correlation to other things we do. So, you know, to me, that's, I think uh, there's a great little video by uh, Ray Dalio talking about the holy grail of investing, you know, and he talks about just the maximum number of uncorrelated return streams you can generate in your, in your investment life is going to basically just give you that the most confidence you're going to have a nice smooth increase in your, in your net worth and your values and your, uh, of your net worth and value and, and your cash flow 
over time without those scary dips that we don't want to see along the way. So yeah, um, that, that's kind of how that fit into kind of our overall portfolio. You know, I like what you said there, Travis, because, you know, I had lunch yesterday with a professor who heads up a department at a, a local uh, Florida university here, and he does a seminar for graduating seniors and faculty that uh, is on your financial acumen. And what he really finds is they, they survey them before and after the class. And what increases is their confidence. And, and so you think about it, how do you increase your confidence? Because confidence is a skill set. So the way you increase your confidence is with knowledge, right? But knowledge doesn't equal yep. understanding. And the one thing that we have to do is understand. So if I want to be a scratch golfer, right? So anybody who's ever played golf with me probably is laughing right now. So I'll give them a minute to stop laughing. No, it's just, but if I wanted to be a scratch golfer, I got to understand the golf swing better. Okay. If you saw my golf swing, you'd know that I don't understand it that well. You know, I can have the knowledge and I can watch, you know, Tiger Woods on TV and, and watch him swing a club and go, oh, that's how you do it. But I don't understand how to get my body to do that anywhere close to what Tiger's swing looks like. It's the same way with money. And you bring up a great guy, Ray Dalio. So you can say, well, Ray Dalio, he's got whatever amount of money. But it's understanding the principles and then applying those principles in your life to where maybe I'm never going to be a Tiger Woods for sure, right? But maybe I could be a three handicap or a five handicap. It's the same way with money. I think that we think that, oh, that's out of reach or, or something else. But as you start to study things and you see how I can participate and you brought up the syndication stuff and we've had people, guests that are great guys on, on here that have opportunities all the time that I've done and uh, with some of them and that I plan on doing in the future. And I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I want to do passive things. I want to give somebody money and I want to get money back. Right. But I want to be the bank for them because I own my own bank and I can do that. Right. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I really agree. And I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I think infinite banking really makes you think about, and I, and I think it, in some ways it, it really does tie into real estate as well. And it was a concept I don't think I was really, I hadn't really thought of fully previous to the real estate. I was, I was pretty well versed in more traditional investing in stocks and things like that. But you're looking at, you know, a combined annual growth rate, compounding or growth rate, sorry. Uh, and you're looking at things like that where it's kind of just a one-dimensional. But when you start looking at real estate and infinite banking, you start looking about equity and leverage and things like that. There's a lot of risk and there's a lot of opportunity. And so I think the ability to understand and think thoughtfully about you know, am I leveraging? And if I am, is it safe? And I think that's the, to me, the beauty of infinite banking is I loved real estate because the leverage provides great opportunity for returns on the upside and it's very tax efficient. Uh, the, the downside is, you know, leverage cuts both ways. And so I, I found to me, the ability to leverage your uh, life insurance contract 
I can't think of a safer instrument you can leverage off of because the values are guaranteed. So you've got a nice stable base that you can safely apply some leverage. And, you know, everyone's got to determine what amount is, is safe for them. I know, I know for us, we've kind of talked about right now, we're in a growth stage. We both have full-time jobs. We still have money coming in the door. And so we're using the majority of our, of our cash value in our system to grow our incoming cash flow. But I think over time, as you know, as we get closer to maybe wanting to cut back at work and do those things, I, I think the, that's a great way for, I've got a place now, I'll have some loan balances that I'll have a place to deleverage myself and my portfolio so that I can dial down my risk as I don't need to take those risks anymore. And not, I don't have the answer for that, but it's certainly something I think a lot about, about how, how to do that effectively. And and I think the, the banking policies are a great way to do that because it gives you a safe way to leverage and a natural way to deleverage as your, as your assets grow over time. Yeah, that's so well said, Travis. You know, the other thing is, is that as we get more and more money inside of our insurance contracts, we don't have to pay income tax on that money. And we can use that money in our later years for if we do need some money for um, emergencies or opportunities or income, you know, we can create an income stream that's very efficient and tax free. So, you know, when you look at real estate, I, I think I've told this story before, maybe too many times, but I love when the media, I remember watching the Today Show a few months ago, and they were they were saying, you know, Donald Trump lost a billion dollars between these two dates, right? They didn't say in real estate, by the way. And I said, oh no, they're going to tell the American people that you can depreciate real estate while it cash flows and it appreciates in value. I don't want them to tell everybody that, right? But no, they just wanted to bash Donald Trump. And I don't <laughs> care whether you love him or hate him, but you know, it's a beautiful thing when you can depreciate your real estate on your tax return. No, and I agree. And, I, and, I, and that's something I think even if you don't invest in real estate, I think understanding why it's such an effective vehicle. I mean, I think it, it goes a long way with understanding how the world actually works. I mean, I, I've seen the same thing, you know, my personal investments where we invest in syndication and then we get our tax statement from the syndication and it, we show a passive loss greater than our investment. And, yeah. you know, that's a pretty powerful thing. And then not only that, but the money where I, the source I got that collateralized against is still growing tax-free in the, in the policy. So when you combine those two together, to me, that's a, you, that's a pretty effective, I've got one, my policy is a very nice conservative tax-free growth vehicle, but I'm using that leverage safely to go out the risk curve a little bit and try to get higher returns. And I think it's a nice combination that balances each other really well. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So what's, what's just some advice somebody think again in the audience, just getting started. What, what, what's the one thing that you think helped you understand this getting started? Was it reading Nelson's I book? Think was it? Yeah, I, I think you've got to read the book probably. I mean, I've read it numerous times. In fact, I've, I'll probably read it again soon. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that I revisit it often. There's a lot of good and bad information uh, out there on the internet, but I think it's good to, check out things. And, you know, as you, as your knowledge level goes, you kind of start to realize that's terrible examples of this. And that's a good, that, that's a good example. But um, I know for me, the ability to talk to, for example, you and Nick about questions and um, Nick was a great resource in providing me 
I had a lot of questions about certain topics and he provided me a lot of great sources to go to, but here, here's some great articles on exactly what your, what your questions are about. And that, that really helped me kind of get a deep dive on understanding. And then once you kind of understand the initial concept, I think you've got to just do what's right for you. You know, for me, I want to use it to invest in, you know, things like real estate and other things that are buying, you know, producing assets, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, Hey, what if I'm not sure if I want to, I don't know about those investments. And if you don't know, then you don't, don't jump into it if you don't know what you're doing. But, you know, just the example that is commonly used in infant banking, you know, if you're going to buy the car and you've got the cash value, we'll use it, you know, yeah. you know, might as well use it to do some of those things that will be more, far more efficient with your own policy than using someone else's money. And then I think the key is just to keep educating yourself. And I think if you start using it, you'll quickly see how the process works and kind of, for me, I know over time, my comfort level has gone up as I've seen just the little questions about how does the interest get paid on this? And, and as I've used it over the past couple of years, things are much more clear now that I've seen how it actually works in action. And I think you just, the, the key is you got to get a base level of knowledge and you just got to get started in what, what you're comfortable with. Yeah. You know what? I mean, what you're saying is take action, right? I mean, how do you overcome yep. things that you're afraid of or that you don't know? You take action. That's, that, that's great advice. So Travis, you know, I mean, I, I, I always love, uh, you know, you and I had lunch uh, a few weeks ago and uh, I always love talking to you about infinite banking because you know, you're, you're doing it and you're learning and you're participating and you're maximizing it. And you know, that, that, that's really a, an inspiration to a lot of clients out there. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about the car thing. So I have a new friend who's a franchise consultant who will be a guest on the, on the podcast pretty soon. And she's been showing me some passive franchises and we've been talking and I've just kind of deciding which, if any, makes sense. And so she's, you know, I've told her a little bit about infinite banking, but it was the holidays. We just haven't had a, an overview uh, webinar. And uh, so she sent me a text the other day and she said, buying a new car, should I finance it or pay cash? Right. And I, I already know that she has some insurance contracts and I said, borrow from your insurance contracts and pay yourself back more interest than the bank was going to charge you. And she said, I got to become one of your clients. That's all she said. And so uh, that's, she said like, like she did like the, you know, like I, I have to become one of your clients. And so I'm like, okay, well, we need to schedule a meeting. I need to start educating you on this and you decide down the road if you become a client. But I just thought that was, it was a cute response that like, I didn't know that was an option. Right. And, and, and like you said, you start somewhere and you go, wait a minute, if I could do it for that, then I could do it for this. And if I get things that are cash flowing and that cash flow is going back into my insurance contracts and I'm using it again and again and again, then I'm creating velocity of money. And that sounds like a good thing. And if you want to know what that is, just schedule a meeting to do an overview and we'll show you what velocity of money is. So yeah, Travis, that, uh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's kind of what you guys, I remember, you know, sending a couple of seminars with you and, and talking about, and I could just see the wheels turning on how you were going to use this. And it's just kept on evolving and evolving. And, you know, if we have you back on in, in two years, this thing's going to evolve even further. And I just, I love that, man, that it's, you know, I know one of the first things that you told me is that 
that if your wife had a choice, she'd be Joanna Gaines. Is that the lady's name, Joanne Gaines or Joanna Gaines? Yeah. From, from My wife would be mad at me right now, Travis, because she watches that show all the time. And I know who the lady is. I can see her face, but, you know, flip or flop, Chip right? Chip and Joanna, yeah. Like, no, 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 yeah. no, that's not flip or flop. That's a different one. I don't know. My watch, wife yeah. watches HGTV, can you tell? So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Joanna yeah, and Chip, right, that, and they're funny and they're entertaining. But it's, it's cool because, you know what, you're going to give down the road your wife and you – you guys are going to have choices to do whatever you want to do. Right. And, yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's really cool. And it's, it's really when you go to work, but you don't have to go to work, it changes the way that you think about your work. Right. Yeah. So I agree. And Travis, I could talk to you about this all day long and the audience probably could listen to examples all day long, but you know, I think my podcast producer would probably cut us off somewhere here in the near future. So let me start to wrap up by asking you a question of, if you could give somebody some advice on some books, one or two books that to you, and you've mentioned a couple, and if those are the books, that's fine. But uh, one or two books that you would recommend everybody read, whether it's real estate, investment, whatever it is. Yeah, so I think, uh, I, I was thinking about this question, We uh, and I mean, honestly, I think part of it is you want to have the knowledge of, the technical knowledge of what you're going to do. And um, I, we, I mean, I mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad, which kind of gets you in the mindset. And there's a ton of great introductory books on how to invest in real estate, which I don't need to repeat. But one that for me was a real eye opener, and it wasn't necessarily the the page turner that you know some of the other great you know real estate books are is uh, Frank Gallinelli, and it's a, his book on I don't recall the exact title, but it's on what every invest real estate investor should know about cash flow, and it uses right. great examples of understanding how to quantify your real estate investments. And I think he does a great job of kind of what we were talking about, teaching you about how to think and how to measure the return on an investment. And I think that's important to think about those things when, so that you can compare apples and oranges and try to make an educated decision between the two. So I kind of think that on the technical side of things is, is, is a great book. But I also think for, for me personally, it's just you know, I've enjoyed reading, like how, trying to make myself better and push myself to, to do more things. And um, one of my favorite books in that is uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, I think it is. And it's just a great book that I've reread several times just because it's, it, it, to me, it ties into infinite banking a lot too, because it's all about making those, doing the small things right every day. And over time, you start to see big results from it. And I think, uh, you know, for me, it's certainly a work in progress, but I try to, you know, kind of remember those things that, you know, just every day chisel away at the things you're trying to accomplish in, you know, both investing and personally in your life. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great book if it, for anyone that hasn't read it. Awesome. You know, the, I think that name of that Frank Gallinelli book is, uh, I think it's like what every real estate investor needs to know about cash flow or something like that. Yeah. So, that's the, is one. That the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's a great it is. Yeah. So awesome. And he goes through, like you said, there's a, a bunch of other stuff in that book. Well, that's great, Travis. Travis, thank you so much for being on the show. I'd love to have you back on. And when you uh, find another use for infinite banking, we'll have you back on and we'll give a, the audience a little update. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate your time. And it, it's been a great experience uh, learning from you. And uh, I look forward to kind of hearing other uh, clients and see how they're using their policies as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about infinite banking or you want to learn more about real estate, there's a lot of podcast episodes that you could listen to here on Breakaway Wealth or go to createtailwind.com and schedule yourself a free coaching session. I promise you 
There's no clothes. We're not selling anything. We're just educating you to show you how you could get started in infinite banking. So do yourself a favor, schedule that meeting. I promise you won't be sorry. Thanks again, Travis. Until next time, thank you, everybody. We'll see you. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.